last time I saw him, he asked me if I knew about time travel. We've got chicken tonight. Strangest damn things. The man made little damn things. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. With insomnia, nothing's real. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? So we have them. movie ever podcast where we are on the search for the weirdest movie ever i'm ryan i'm kai you might have just found it eh? pardon you might have just found it or one of them was movies ever this might be one of the weirdest movies ever before we start how you doing you sexy beautiful 20 year old man dude i'm 20 now 20 that's crazy that's crazy you've been 20 for almost a year now i know i'm an old man how's your birthday just chilling yeah good to see everybody i was yeah. in a different city for my birthday that was pretty weird. Never been away from home for a birthday before. Yeah, this is weird, eh? Yeah. How was the trip? It was very good. It was fun as hell. Yeah. I went to the Pink Floyd. I think I told you. I went to the Pink Floyd. How was the that? official exhibit. It was crazy. Really? Like... And you just went by yourself, right? I, yeah, I was there for like two and a half hours. Really? Just like taking in everything. I had so many pictures. And it was just like at a museum or what was it? Yeah, yeah. It was like a traveling exhibit. Um, yeah, I learned a lot. I saw like all the like sketches and the... Um, like a lot of movie props too in, for this movie in the really? exhibit it was really cool you ever heard the song Money by Pink Floyd where there's a bunch of like cash registers and like coins like jingling around at the no, start no. I saw the coins that like made those seriously oh, that's know, awesome 50 years old it was really cool but yeah it was a good birthday good trip good to see everybody at the party I had a pretty good party yeah you're uh didn't partake in any vices that night no I whatever. did you did on the other hand I did. <laughs> when, I, when I left you wearing a very funky pair of glasses yeah. and walk around like a madman. Yeah. And uh, Angel. What was it called? Um, oh, the Angel? The Halo on Halo, head? Halo, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I was thinking we should get Max on the pod at one point. Yeah, I'm down. He gives some very bad takes. But yeah, exactly. Fun. Yeah. Just an hour of us telling him why he's wrong. Yeah. We'll see Kai. We need, no, we need uh, Sam to come on the podcast and just, just tell us why the movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Sam, shout out to Max, shout out to my dad. Yeah. We should get you on the podcast. Okay, anyways, today we watched The Wall, the Pink Floyd movie. Um, it's a movie that's based on the concept album by the same name. Um, Kai, how many times have you seen this movie? A couple times. A couple times? I mean, the first time I saw it, I can't remember, but I've been a Pink Floyd fan like my whole life. So I watched it probably when I was way too young and didn't understand it. And I actually watched it with Dom and Sam like years ago in like yeah. grade nine because they were like super into Pink Floyd back then too. Yeah. Uh, I've watched it probably once since and then now again. So well, more than like anybody else would probably ever want to see it. Yeah. But, um, this is your first time watching it. Yeah, we're about probably 10 minutes out from watching that yeah. movie. No, just absolute silence after <laughs> Yeah, <that. laughs> so, so we didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. I don't even know what I would have said, yeah. other than what the fuck just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can't, I can't really see myself in the near future watching that movie again. Not that I didn't like it. No, fair enough. It's a tough. It's like tough to watch. It is tough to watch. You know who would hate it? Oh, actually, no. Tell me, what did Dom think of the movie? 
I don't remember. I'd we should text him and see, but I, he had the same like "what the fuck is this" kind of thing. But I think he like knew the album and knew Pink Floyd a lot uh, when he watched it. So I think he had like he knew what was going on before he went into it. Uh, I think Sam like like I think Sam actually really liked it for like what it was and thought it was like unique and I thought the anim he thought the animation was cool. I think the animation was crazy. Yeah, like, the or, like hand that was like hand drawn frame by frame. Yeah, super creative, super cool. I'm um, just thinking because Dom hates movies with no dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> makes him nervous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. This yeah, I think he thought it was. I think he's like pretty off put by it, but yeah, I'm sure it would be. Um, so I I think what we'll do here is I'll do. I'll give some initial thoughts. See, I wouldn't completely buy into this movie. I, I listened to the album for the first time today. Yeah. I had no, like, actually, like zero clue what the movie was yeah. about. Nothing. Like, it's yeah. probably one of the most, like, coldest I've gone into a movie okay. ever. Yeah, and the coldest you've left it, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so... I want to hear your thoughts on the plot. What you thought it was. I feel like I was going through stages of understanding what the plot was and then completely, like, not understanding what the plot was. Okay. So, sure, from my understanding of the plot, I feel like it was, um, I think the guy, Pink, was a musician. Yeah. And his dad obviously died in a war. Yeah. And I think that the entire story is really about just, like, a very broken man. And, totally. like, just what kind of just like a man's world just him just mentally crumbling under yeah. like the pressure of like dealing with mental illness drug abuse he's obviously fame, gone way he, too much fame more than he wants way too much fame he's obviously had um a lot of uh trauma in his life it seems like it seemed like the idea of of women and the women in his life was like a very big Absolutely. was a, was a huge that. part of that especially so his mom his mother think, yeah. and the women in his life as well um it just seems like a man who is completely broken going through a, a crazy amount of depression with a bunch of enablers pretty much right? yeah exactly um <clears throat> i would like to say that this is probably one of the most purely artistic films and even just pieces of media that I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life yeah. purely I see like I love I love um I love film and I love cinema like filmmaking and I think that a huge part of that is like a huge tenet of filmmaking is writing dialogue but to have to do that when it's based on music when it's based on music but to music to, is the dialogue but to relieve yourself of the, um, not the shackle, but the the need for dialogue, where your entire story must be told purely through visual and mm -hmm. musical mediums, I think kind of just forces it to be this, like, piece of just completely artistic, like, symbolic, semantic... Totally. Just... Like, absolute, just absolutely, like, a metaphorical, just completely, like, symbolic form of, of a story. And, like, that's definitely what this was. I, I think that, like, just the way that they represent, like, depression and mental illness and... Even through the animation, it was clear. 
there, yeah, flowers the, and oh, shit. Gosh, right the animation was. It was like the whole the imagery in the entire movie was like disturbing. It was beautiful. It was moving. It was emotional. Everything. The the music like it it was just so um, it was so raw. The movie was so raw. Like it, everything. It was so it was super indulgent. Kind of reminded me of Titan in that way. It was yep. so indulgent in itself in the yep. best way possible. So like no hold back. Because you can't hold back when there's no there's, there's no, no exposition there's yeah. no dialogue you have to go, a hundred percent with it. Not only no dialogue but the, the, uh, the narrative itself jumped back and forth in time. Yeah. All the time there was no steady start middle and end. There was but it, it was like, Pulp Fiction in a way where yeah. you saw different parts of the story first yeah. and they kind of they revisited to like explain certain parts. I was, gonna, I was gonna say when we get to our what what made this movie weird kind of section. And I think kind of a reoccurring theme that we're seeing so far is this play on the three-act structure and the idea of a character's journey. Yeah. I think the three movies that we've seen so far, the the way that the three the one the three-act structure and kind of the redemption and the hero's journey is is played with in these movies is unconventional to the mm -hmm. way that most things do it. I think Titan, we see a movie about... Titan, by the way, we watch, but we'll never... It's going to be unreleased. Maybe 100th episode yeah. we'll do yeah. it unreleased. The weirdest episode. movie ever archived. Or something yeah, like that's going to be an archive movie. Um, yeah, when we watch Titan, that movie, the character, it doesn't go through a hero's journey, and it kind of poses the question, does this character even need to be... need to have a redemption arc or should have a redemption mm -hmm. arc? And I think in in um a serious man we also watch a movie that like plays on this idea that it's a movie without an end there is no answer mm -hmm. which is like, same with uh, the ending in this you don't really know right but i think i think this goes even further in that like it's temporally all over the place it doesn't mm -hmm. like follow a singular narrative and nor does it really it is a character study but it's not it doesn't give you the same character beats as a regular three-act structure hero's mm -hmm. journey movie does and i think that's kind of just one of the reoccurring things we've seen and will be a reoccurring thing in a movie that i want to watch next next week but we'll get to that later but oh, i want to hear your thoughts on the plot like tell me from start to end or you already kind of told me the. you already pretty much said it but well i yeah it's you can you see him as a boy yeah. And you see him, it's kind of like the flowering of this broken man, this very key like traumatic experience is him losing his father to the war. And you kind of see him... See him grow up without that. Yeah, and you also kind of see him, He he's a boy that's not... Um, he doesn't... He doesn't follow the, you know, the regular confines of what you're supposed to do in society, I feel, I feel like. like in the... 50s in England too that was very strict and for sure like forced into that more than at any time for sure so you see like kind of this archetypal which I think totally furthers the trauma right yeah like 100% this concrete mold already mm -hmm. broken trying mm -hmm. like expected to grow from that right and you kind of see this like imagery of his um his classroom teacher scolding him and uh so, so yeah so he starts as like this this little boy and then you kind of see him later in his life uh, like just 
I, like the imagery with the women comes up up a lot. I mm-hmm. think that he holds some him and his wife and her cheating on him or not answering his calls. Yeah, and just all this imagery of his mother sleeping in bed with his mother. He also gets sick at one point when he's a kid, and I don't know. I definitely this that is a movie in the the overprotective mother aspect of it, right, which right. is always. Uh, another brick in the wall. So do you kind of understand the meaning of the song Another Brick in the Wall now? Because the bricks were his teacher, his mother, the women in his life, losing his dad. Those were all bricks in the wall that he built up around mm. him, sheltering him. The wall is the wall he builds up around his reality. Right. Right. Remember after the Goodbye Cruel World part when the wall's built up and he's banging on the wall? Yeah. The whole first half of the movie is building this wall up and you see why and what it is. And that second half when he goes fucking crazy and like shaves his eyebrows and stuff, that's him officially behind the wall. So he builds this wall up and then he's trying to, the trial at the end with all the judges and that, he's trying to, it's like an introspective um, trial. Wow. Holy shit. I, like, yeah. Now they, like, those things are clocked, but you're like bringing them together now for me. Remember in the trial, we see his mom scold, his mom um, he sees the wife mm-hmm. come in, the school teacher yeah, come in. Yeah, yeah. So all that is finally, it all coalesces. And that's the end. When it says tear down the wall in the end, it's, it's him facing his fears finally. But wow. Yeah, so those, th- another brick in the wall was like a radio hit and like, I guess a mainstream song for a lot of people, but like nobody really understands the, you know, the place in the story in which the song takes place. Mm. So I didn't really clock the um, him being a a rock star until uh, he is like ODing in his apartment and all those people come in and try to get okay. him. Ready. You didn't think that with the um, with like the roadie, um, like when they the come groupie, in. Sorry, when she comes in and um, yeah, but that was that was like that was those two things. Like wait, say that yeah. Remember like the scene where um, the like the girls break in backstage and then he takes her back to his apartment and she tries to mm. see I didn't really understand what was going on there but then when they got to the apartment and she was saying how his apartment was so big and he had all the the guitars the guitars and stuff that's when it started to click for me but then didn't really under- like fully understand until okay. all those all those handlers came in and were yeah. trying to the, the guy was telling them to shoot him up even though the doctor was advising not to to wake him up because mm-hmm. he had a show to go to one thing that I still don't understand is yeah. that whole, um, the whole fascism movement three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Is that his response just... to the Nazis, ki- like, killing his father? So he kind of... I feel like maybe it has something to do with the wall thing. Like, kind of him, like, trying to take control over his own mind, and, like, he's projecting this whole fascism okay. thing because of the... But none of it is real, obviously. No, none of it's real. stall at the end. But the the idea of, like, having this fascist dictator in his head, like, trying to control all of his fears and anxiety and keep right. all of them in place. Okay. And he's, like, projecting the, uh, obviously, Hitler and World War Two themes on mm-hmm. it because of his father, which is, like, the inciting incident to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Could, what it could be possibly, I have no idea, but... I love the part when he's like at the podium and he's like, pink isn't well, he's back at the hotel mm-hmm. and they sent us along. Right. It's like... This version of him is, yeah, like, he's become this new, in his head, right? this new identity that he's projecting to, I guess, combat, or to to take the place of, of managing and, and knowing his own feelings and his emotion. I don't know. 
I've still I've never been clear on that. But. Do you have any like insight into like the history of like the members of Pink Floyd that would like? So this is based on the lead guy Roger Waters. This is based on like his childhood pretty much because his dad died in the war. Really. Um, obviously he didn't become Pink, but I think this could have been like an avenue that he could have that he saw himself maybe going down, that he could have gone down. Right. Um. So this is kind of like the bad the 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 spoiled ending to what his life could have been. So it was based on him. He wrote it. it he was pretty much like a fascist dictator at, in the band's history. At this point, he was a fascist dictator. This was all his concept. He wrote the whole thing. The three other bandmates kind of just went along with it and played the music and stuff. He wrote pretty much all of it. He doesn't sing in every song, but he wrote pretty much every song, wrote the movie, the uh, idea for the concert, and the, perform the, the show in real life. Um, so this is all based on on him pretty much this is his passion project wow yeah and I saw Roger Waters play the wall live oh, really? it was crazy so the whole first half of the concert they play in front of this when you walk in the the stadium before the concert starts there's yeah. like this this wall that's like a fifth of the way built like on the sides it goes across from like edge to edge so you see the stage and the seats yeah it goes from like the seats all the way down um, to the stage and then so while they're playing the first half of the show People behind stage are putting up bricks as really as the show is going on and as after the Good Black Cruel World song happens, yeah. Roger Waters is singing between the last open brick. Yeah. And when he says goodbye, cruel world, I'm leaving you today, there's nothing you can say to make me change my mind. He says goodbye and the last brick gets put in and the rest of the show is played behind the wall with the projections of the animations playing on the, the brick wall. Whoa. And at the end of the show when he says tear down the wall the wall gets exploded into the crowd. In the Seriously? Wall. Yeah. It's, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's so cool. Yeah. Where did you see that? Uh, Rogers Arena. Really, eh? My dad took, that, took me to that when I was like 10. <laughs> He's like, I know you'd have no idea what this is, but it's it's like you can't, you gotta say that you saw this. This is the coolest fucking thing. Dude, what was the, do you know how, like what the critical reception to this movie was at all? People didn't understand it, and they kind of hated it at first. It was yeah. pretty mix, like received like mixed feelings. Yeah. Um, mixed critic, mixed you know critical acclaim. But mm -hmm. um, the singles, which were another brick in the wall and comfortably numb, obviously are like two of the biggest. I think those songs were like number one for like a long or up there for a long time. Like, yeah. Like record breakers, uh, and you still hear that shit today on the radio on like a rock station. Um, it grew. I mean, I don't think, I don't even think Pink Floyd fans, um, love the movie. Yeah. I think in like the, just purely, purely the, the movie, um, in the movie sense, critically acclaimed, it was, it was like, okay. Yeah. It wasn't like the best movie. It wasn't a, you know, a super highly, um, rated movie, but nevertheless, it was part of whatever this, the Walt project was as a thing so the album was the album I think was mixed was received with mixed emotions at the start but the movie was kind of like a further like it almost kind of it kind of pushed the meaning of the wall like further into this hole which like this is not like a mainstream thing this is like a serious fucking this, right. this album it's a concept album but it's a concept album more than the music itself right. because like the songs on the album are not Pink Floyd songs but right. like you know the um, like the big orchestra band and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it was its own thing for sure, and received from you know typical Pink Floyd fans, however they would at the time that weren't expecting that, right. or expecting a regular album. 
this was crazy, man. I, 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 it was just like a, it was. I'm glad you watched this because this is. If you want a weird movie, this is a fucking weird movie. Yeah, this it's is not a weird like movie. a. It's not a happy-go-lucky movie. It's not made for people that are like in a bad headspace. No, it's it not. Like, it, there's no positive vibes coming from this. It was like a really long, bad acid trip was the yeah. movie. But it was like a. It was like a filmmaker's feast. Like it. Totally. It was. Just, I also thought the cinematography was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, those like long like when he's on the phone and his wife doesn't pick up the like the. Um, the payphone, yeah, and he like kind of slides down the wall, yeah, yeah, and the lights coming through like the gate in this like this brick hallway, and it's dark, and I just I don't know, they did a lot of great stuff with the lighting and the cinematography, the way they set it up and shot it, even in like um, later in the movie and um, like the by the water on the beach, um, with the soldiers and stuff like that, when like he's sitting in the chair. Um, and the TV, but it's like outside, and like he turns into his kid self. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, he walks yeah. down, and he sees himself in like an insane asylum. Like, the set deck and the cinematography, only like, told the story. Like, if it wasn't for that, I think it'd be kind of tougher without dialogue to kind of get the yeah the idea of the story. And I think that elevated it quite a bit. I can imagine it being like an extremely exciting thing to take on as a filmmaker. Just yeah, a completely visual movie like an entire story told completely through and it, it totally a very complex and emotional story told only through a visual medium yeah. yeah also just like i loved when the his younger self appears in his apartment and he's watching him watch the his older self watch tv and he walks out and He's not even in his apartment. He's in like the wasteland, mm -hmm. and he's watching him watch TV. And he walks into the fog, and then gets to the train station that was where, so where, sad. where his father doesn't come home. And, and like, he leaves his father, and he turns around, and then the guy's family comes and yeah. he just walks away. Yeah, and, and he's yeah, and he's and he's starts watching TV yeah. on the train station. Tell that's where it started. This is yeah. This like, is the inception kind of, like, of the symbolic of the trauma. Right? Yeah, the t the chair, the TV, the lamp. Yeah. Yeah, what a really need to. I'm gonna need to like spend some time thinking about this movie. Even like the foreshadowing, there's a lot of foreshadowing. I don't know if you caught it, but when he was at the start of the movie, when he comes home from school and he goes and he tries his dad's suit on, yeah. his uniform, and he goes in like the cover and he sees the bullets and he sees the switchblade and he opens the switchblade and he puts it down and mm. it, it looks and makes the X like the hammers in the end. Oh, so that's foreshadowing, kind of. I don't know if that was intentional, but for me, it foreshadowed the symbol of his fascist, his fascist, um, his, his dictation in his mind. Yeah, his projection in yeah. his mind. I mean, the symbolism, it has to be, the, 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 the symbolism and, and, like, the metaphors have to be king when there's no dialogue, you know, no mm -hmm. typical, um, narrative construct, but mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. They could have totally fucked it up and not, like not without dialogue and not made it as as easy to fall it's not easy to fall along no. they, it would have been a lot harder to fall along if it wasn't for stuff like that yeah at the forefront of, of telling the story have you ever, have you watched any other movies by this director no we should we should see what other movies he's made cause... but also like this was like the director was directed by Roger Waters like he didn't Fair. I watched I heard a po I listened to a podcast where like they'd get on like they'd get into fights um yeah, so it was like pretty much a Roger Waters 
projects through and through, even though Alan Parker was the director. Um, mm. So I'm not sure. Like I'm curious to find out how his how his movies play out. You know, without that that voice coming from right, behind the, the camera. Guy, the creative yeah. idea. It's interesting. So why don't we sit? Why don't we talk about what made this movie weird? I think we've touched out on a lot, but let's maybe summarize it. Obviously, the no dialogue was weird. The jump from different times in his life was weird. It was not clear at times. Um, you weren't ready for a lot of the shit that happened, like that fascist part. You weren't really... I wasn't... When I watched it for the first time, I wasn't ready for that. Um, even though you see it at the start, mm -hmm. right? That very first intro song, you see him at the podium at the concert, and the, like all the crowd's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I didn't... This isn't the concert I thought I was going to see. Mm -hmm. Um, you get bit like chunks here and there, um, but it's not to the end where it all coalesces and he fully comes apart. Yeah. Puts himself in this mental trial. Um, yeah. What made it weird? I, I guess all of that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think exactly what you just said. I think just the, well, I think at its core, just this, this, one that no there, there there's no way for you to be told what you're watching there's no exposition there's no dialogue so for one you're you're left to fend for yourself and the meaning of this movie which i think is unconventional in and of itself mm -hmm. obviously most movies very have dialogue yeah. yeah it's a very personal message too, right right like, and it doesn't we, they're not trying to tell you what the movie is they give you the symbols they give you the 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 like the meaningful moments and they give you the meaningful moments but they never try to really tell you what's happening it's it's th they leave it out there for you to interpret right um and i think that kind of just the jumping back and forth between reality and yeah when he like smashes the tv and then the next song he's like sitting in front of the tv yeah, watching it yeah right? it's like you don't really know what's in his head and what's in reality right so i uh, find out that he's just pretty much everything is fabricated right and then also like you were saying just the non-linear temporality of it just uh, just a movie that's not a crazy thing but just a movie that's not told with a yeah. very solid beginning and end um i have a question for you do you think this the idea for this movie the screenplay could have been written by somebody who didn't personally go through a trauma like this couldn't pull from real life experiences and feelings and emotion this is a pretty like specific story and it's clearly based on, on the real it's life a guy. it's a specific story but also who would want to write something like this that didn't go through it themselves i think that you say you're saying it's a specific question but i don't think it's i think that it's very um it's a question that like is probably asked a lot within storytelling is can you tell the story of something that you've not like personally gone through okay but maybe just to kind of disagree with what you're saying uh, like yes the whole idea of a of a person whose father has died in the war and has gone through these specific life things that have caused trauma and has become a rock star and has fallen into drug abuse and mental illness and is like have is this crippled crippling depression and mental illness i don't like yes those are specific beats and story points but the story of someone crumbling under the pressure of the world and depression and drug abuse and 
not being able to hold on and just having this uh, incredibly traumatic life. I, I, I feel like that's not necessarily a very specific thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that... Okay. Well, the bro- but, yeah, the broader idea of what's happening in the movie is probably pretty relatable for a lot of people. Yeah. And I guess, you know, to explore that, you need to have some kind of plot, and this was the plot chosen or gotten from real-life events. But also, like we said, this is an incredibly artistic and, like, just, like, beautiful movie. Like, obviously, he has some, like, he has a creative gift and is exceptional at what he does and has a very unique vision, so... Do I think this specific movie could be made? No, it seems like a... It is, like, a very personal project and Mm -hmm. a very unique vision but I think like the underlying themes and tones of the movie are not necessarily as as specific as you would think after watching the movie okay I also think that the mixture of like animation and live action is also kind of what makes the movie weird as well like you just don't really see that I love that I think the animation to be I mean back then you had to draw it frame by frame yeah and the symbolism in the animation. Yeah. I loved when at the start where you see the British flag and then the pieces fall off and you're just left with a bloody cross. Right? Like shit like that is yeah. like so like cool. Like to think of something like that is it's crazy. You're fighting for your country but in the end it's gonna leave you buried in, buried six feet deep. So how do you think it compares to a serious man? Totally different. <laughs> Completely totally different movies. How how on a scale of one to ten, I don't know what we ranked it. We ranked a serious man, but how weird is this movie? This is definitely one of the weirder movies I've ever watched. Because I was trying to think, in the unreleased podcast that we're never going to release, I said that the weirdest movie I'd ever seen was probably Mulholland Drive or um, Midnight Highway. Mm-hmm. Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Those are weird because the di- like everything is weird, but it's all given to you in a way. Here, it's weird. They're weird and similar, yet very, very different ways. Because yeah. you've never seen a movie. like This is like a, almost like a musical. It almost is like a musical. Yeah. I was thinking that. It is almost yeah. like a musical. I also was kind of thinking that it almost is lynching in a way, in like the way that it kind of drifts and floats in between reality and non-reality. Okay, yeah, totally. And how it you never really know what's a dream, what's, in a, what's inside of his head, what's reality, what's actually dream. happening. Okay, yeah. And how just like... All of these things are in some way like symbolically telling the story. I guess the big difference between this and this and a lynch movie is dialogue. <laughs> I think it's dialogue. It is. Yeah, yeah it is because they're also both both like visually like stimulating and and indulgent movies. Yeah. I feel not like all lynch movies. I feel but like, like symbol. I feel like symbolism in a lynch movie is almost like it's still up to interpretation more. Where this is like if you read it and receive it properly, this is like, this is it. This, the story is, um, it's but given to you I feel like you could say that about a, a Lynch movie sometimes. Yeah, but even like the, the plot and like the ending of the story in a Lynch movie is like, even David Lynch doesn't know. And That's he won't right. tell you. That's Where right. this is like, other than like the very, very end, the story of this person yeah. is like, you, you know what it is. You could like make a movie about this in a very conventional and, totally. and Absolutely. dialogue filled way. Whereas the plot and the story in a Lynch movie is way more... It can be done way, way different in like so many different ways. Yeah. 
where like 90% of the movie could be considered just an imagination yeah. or non-reality. Where this is, you have the tools to make up the story. Right. It's just given to you in like a way you never experienced. Right. Like there, there is a concrete story in there somewhere. Yeah. It's just that it might be told in like the most like esoteric, symbolic way yeah. possible. Yeah. What do you think happened in the end? After, because he's in the trial, all his peers are there. He says, um, after finding out this newfound fear, I must subject you to be, uh, I must expose you before all your peers. And then he says, tear down the wall, and a chant begins, and the wall breaks down. And then after, you see a bunch of people cleaning up. I guess that's the uh, the aftermath of his outburst yeah. and his final kind of dictation of, of himself. Well, I feel like... Um you could kind of take it two ways. Like, he's breaking down the... Like, this wall is what's... He's, like, built this wall around himself and his his fears and anxieties and trauma. And I feel like you could take it one of two ways. Either the breaking down of the wall, it causes him to be able to rectify this and heal, or the breaking down of the wall just drives him insane and he's no longer able to, like, hold back these things anymore. Which I think is might be what happens. We do see him in the insane asylum. Yeah. Here's the thing, here's why I think that for some reason he's dead. The very last frame of the movie is a kid pouring out a bottle. Yeah, it was which is what you do typically when you sell it, you know, you pour it out. That's true. So and it and it and it, and it freezes on that when the credits roll up. It does do that. So does he die somehow? Does he overdose or like you know, is he is is the pouring is the pouring of this kind of the pouring out of of his um, trauma? And it's just kind of like a cleansing of himself. Mm. He's pouring out all his his fears and, and the bad emotions that put him here in the first place. Or is it him, or is the kid pouring it out because symbolic of his death? I don't know. What did you say the lead singer's name was? Arthur Waters? Pink. Or Reg- uh, yeah, Roger Waters. Roger Waters. I would love to hear him like talk about what the... I've, I've never like found a clear video where he like sits down and talks about it. I'm love to look it up and try and find something after. Are all the members of Pink Floyd still alive? Um, three of the like the original five are. Is Roger Waters still alive? Yeah, I saw Roger Waters like. Roger Waters came to Vancouver like two months ago, and I didn't see it because I was away. <laughs> but we always circle back like with Titan. It was about trauma. Yeah. And here it's about trauma. I feel like a lot of weird movies are maybe driven by the idea of trauma i don't know i feel like maybe trauma is just this like it's such an esoteric and like primal and unexplainable thing that it needs to be told in kind of this abstract and symbolic way which just leads in like it's just we've deemed them as weird movies it's kind of our way of talking about them but it kind of just leads to these more weird and abstract um symbolic ways of storytelling right yeah i think that it's probably easier to like tell a story of trauma like this than having characters explain it to each other. Which I there are tons of movies where trauma is the central theme and they're not like this at all. But I think that um, it's just like a very primal and and um, it's it seems like it would be like a very. The imagery is so like emo- like uh, it's so like it invokes such emotion and mm-hmm. and feeling in you when you see it. It's not it it's not specific to any story. It's just a very it, it's it's beautiful and like tragic and 
Do you remember that scene with the two flowers, the animation? Mm -hmm. How they're kind of like... Biting each other? Caressing at the start, and then, like, the flower, like, penetrates. Yeah, the vagina flower? Yeah. And then the vagina flower swallows it and then starts beating on it. Yeah. That could be told in any story. That could be the story of, you know, abuse or neglect in a relationship. Yeah. So you're right about that. Um, That's one, that's like, that was one of, that was kind of the point when I, like, realized that one, that one, and the one where he, the, the scene where he's, like, sick in bed and he comes and, like, gets into bed with his mother is when I realized that it had also something to do with, like, the women in his life. Totally. And what they represent and how that, that's affected them. Affected mm-hmm. him. Because all we really, the real, like, the only emotion, physical or emotional relationship we see in the movie that he's grown up with and experienced in life, in his life, is with women. He never, in the movie, never experienced, and maybe he's probably too young as well to really experience life with his father before he died. So his mother's the only one in his life and very overprotective. Um, in one of the songs, he says, Mother's gonna yeah. um, check out all your girlfriends for you, she'll always find out what you do. She always put all her fears into you. Mm. So, clearly, overprotective mother. A wife later in the story that he neglects and then like, neglects him later. To which he, you know, causes a bunch of trauma and um, just raw emotion in the story. Um, so, yeah, it is very driven by his, his relationship with females in his life. Mm. The only real relationship we see him have with anybody because he's so shut off from everybody else around him in the story, in reality. I also thought that this movie was, like, is almost like a really long music video. Totally. It, like, lacks the... I think that's a kind of another part of it. It lacks, like, the rigid, rigidity and, like, rigid narration of a, of a regular movie. It was more like yeah. a... It was more like a music video, which I thought was... Because the music video is not based in reality at all. Yeah. And neither was well, and the big chunks of this. It was not either. No. When all the kids are singing in school and yeah, and going into the meat grinder. That like made me like that was like oh this is like a music video right here yeah. when I saw that. And also this is fucking hella traumatizing for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a huge part of it. Another brick in the wall. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, in terms of Titan, the wall, and a serious man? This is a weird movie, yeah. but it's also incredibly artistic, and it is communicated through um, aspects that, you know, different from the, the other movies we saw. Titan was just as weird as this, but it was, there was dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say just because of the lack of, you know, conventional um, storytelling tropes, this movie is weirder. Because you're sitting here in your own thoughts the whole time, trying yeah. to make, yeah, it, totally. make something out of it. Totally. I agree. And now, yeah. I agree with that. Did you enjoy the movie, or did you find it, like, painful to watch? Because I can't watch... I, I wouldn't be able to watch it again no more. I could, but I'd just be like, fuck, here we go again. I have to sit here and, and be in the, you know, tie my thoughts in with this character again. I enjoyed it in the sense as, like, an artistic exercise, as in, like, I'm watching this movie to, like, glean some sort of, like, deeper understanding of, like, this person's, like, trauma and emotion, and I'm gonna, like, interact and, um, 
interact and and think about this movie. I'm not mm-hmm. watching it. I'm not gonna be in. I'm not like enthralled in it. I'm not immersed in it necessarily. Like obviously you are immersed in it, especially because it is so like visual and the music is so gripping. But it's not. You're not like immersed in a narrative. You're 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 trying to understand and you're trying to interact with it and you're. It's not a passive movie. It's something that you have to be proactive in the consumption of. You can't like sit back and, and daydream or else you'd never no. You'd never get this at no, all. You have to be constantly interacting yeah. with Which it. is also painful because I feel like in mostly every other movie you can like let your thoughts wander and think about something else for 30 seconds. Or right. But this one you're like, okay, like that's also kind of what makes it so like painful to watch in a way is like you have to be present this whole time. It it also never lets up to it's it's a incredibly sad and in some parts like gross movie, mm-hmm. and like it's you're never handheld or like made to feel any form of happiness in it whatsoever. It's incredibly. There's sad no bright side. There's no B. There's no B story. There's no. no possible positive end of the story that could tie in. Like, yeah. You're just stuck in this main storyline that like is getting more and more isolated from reality. Yeah. So is this like a type of movie that you would like to make? Parts of it, yeah. Yeah? Like parts of this movie, maybe not like, maybe not tell a story that's so depressing. Yeah. But through music and through animation, I thought this was like, it, it is what it, like it's so cool because of what it is. Yeah. And like I said, I wrote about this with, in my um, application to film school. And that first shot, slowly going up the hallway and then him with the cigarette burnt down to the, the filter between his knuckles. And it goes, to, like, it's such an expressive, like, theme. Oh, we've talked about this already, but you have to tell the story visually. And I think it did that. Even the shots and the cinematography were, stood out to yeah. me. And they were dark and they were depressing. And, and you know, the the, uh, the walkway, him and his, his droogs who walked, like, when he was in the, the Hitler costume. And they were, like, perfect synchronization in yeah. the walks and they are going down the super dark brick hallway with the light shining against them and it's like they like silhouetted this like marching band and then the hammers the way they they marched together with the animation was just like another you know representation of like army and and soldiers walking shit like that is like super cool because it tells a story like i've never seen before Mm. so tell like making a movie like this my own way i think would be very gripping like that's how i why I was got into film and wanted to go to film school because this is like I realized a movie can be di- like something else besides typical dialogue and storytelling where it's almost spoon fed to you compared to this. Yeah. So this was like a big inspiration to me just because of how different it was. Obviously, being a Pink Floyd fan too had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Would you ever make a movie like this? I think that the types of movies that I would want to make are not really like this, to be honest. Okay. More of, um, I think, well, first of all, um, I think we should do Memento next week. Okay. But yeah, so down. To feed into that. Um, oh, yeah, I want to ask you a question. Go yeah. say what you're saying first, but I have a question okay. after. So uh, what I'm going to say is I, you, you, what made me realize this was actually a conversation that me and you were having, but I, my favorite film director is Chris Nolan. Which is, I don't know if that's a bit uh, basic to say, but, and I realize this when me and you were talking about it, it's not because Chris Nolan makes my favorite movies of all time, 
it's because he makes movies that I would want to make. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like the um, it's the way that he plays with character and structure and like narratives. It's that part that like interests me, like how you create a um, like a a narrative and how the filmmaking feeds into that narrative environment and and just how it furthers the way that the narrative is told like i really enjoy that with filmmaking and i think that one of the greatest examples of that of all time is memento which you haven't seen it okay tomorrow or not tomorrow but um down tomorrow too yeah i mean we can record it tomorrow but it'll come out next week but um we can talk about it more when we do it but just the way that the actual technicality of filmmaking and the way that the story is written feeds into each other. Mm-hmm. I think like doesn't like that's what I love about not that I what that I love about filmmaking, but what like makes me want to be a filmmaker. And I don't think that there's not enough physical narrative in a movie like this for me, like dialogue, character, three act structure. There's not enough of that for to to play with. You couldn't see yourself doing it that way. Yeah, not Yeah, I just don't. I think that what excites me more is kind of the um, writing the characters and writing the intricacies of, yeah, totally. of of plot and narrative. Not that like I think this movie was fucking beautiful and the and just the peak. I I think it is definitely like a peak of cinema right there. It's to completely tell a story visually through moving image. It's it's a challenge to do that and if they did it and we understood the story and it like showed it so beautifully. Right. It's like a feat. Right, know, right, so. right. To yeah, to tell the story completely visually mm-hmm. and for us to understand yeah. it, just to convey it through like the what you could say is like the main tenant of film is visuality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like I think it's just like it's almost like filmmaking at its like most primal. Right? Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think that it's not necessarily something that I would want to make. It doesn't like interest me as much as like the intricacies of plot and stuff yeah. like that. But um, uh, I definitely like love it for or really enjoyed it for what it was. Sometimes with the film and you know my taste behind it, same with Lynch is like you have to sit through these bits that are like long like that hallway shot at the start is like 30 seconds long and all we hear is you know TV music in the background shit like that where you have to sit and just marinate in it yeah I kind of like that I mean just the atmosphere yeah like, exactly these days you know with like social media and TikTok your attention span is getting smaller and smaller mm-hmm. but this is like you turn off your phone you turn the lights off and you just sit and you just watch yeah and that kind of I can't like do that every day but that kind of makes cinema, my taste in cinema, more special for me and more of an occasion. Right. Because it's more of a, it's more of an event when you do it like that. I feel like it's more. Well, I think we we talked about it already, and I think it's the same with Lynch movies. Is it's not a movie where you sit down and go on your phone. It's not a movie yeah. where you sit down, and kind of just like numb out to it. It's a movie where like you constantly have to be interact interacting with it, and constantly are thinking about it, or else you're not gonna. You're not going to gain anything yep. from it if you're not constantly thinking about it. It's almost like a... I've actually likened... I've used the same metaphor with Lynch movies. It's it's like reading a book. You can't like zone out and read a yep. book. You constantly have to yeah, be you reading have to read it. read it. And Start to end. I, I agree. I like that about this movie, and I like that about Lynch movies as well. It's, it's not a passive form of media, which a lot of movies are. Yeah. Well, the question I was going to ask you did relate to... Because I know you're the Nolan guy. 
Were there similarities between a Nolan movie and this movie that you could tie together? Um, see, the thing is, is, like, I think at first thought, you would be tempted to say yes. In how, what movie, Nolan movies have you seen? Seen The Following, Interstellar, um, Dunkirk, Inception, parts of Inception, I don't really remember Inception too well. Whoa, we need to watch Inception. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Tenet yet. So have you seen, seen The Prestige? Tenet. Nope. Okay, we'll watch that one. I don't know if The Prestige is maybe right for this this podcast, but me and you will definitely have to watch it. 100%. I've, I can kind of draw similarities between the question of, like, and the interpretation of reality in Nolan movies. To okay. some extent. To some extent. I would agree in that. I would say that at first thought, because Nolan loves um, to play with time and temporality in his movie. I think that in the majority of his movies, that's something that is key in it. Um, but I don't think that he does it in the same way that this movie is doing it. Like I said, okay. I, I think that the way he does it is... I don't want to say serves the plot because this obvi- the way that it's told serves the plot, but it's almost like it's another aspect of the... Of the like we'll take Inception, for example, just like the whole the whole aspect of time slowing down and speeding up mm-hmm. inside of the movie is to further this plot device of the dream machine that's inside of the movie, okay. right? Yeah. Whereas in this, the whole idea of having the flashbacks is to give you this symbolic and atmospheric uh, idea that this man is like drugged out Damn. in a deep depression like, just reliving his whole life and every traumatic experience that he's ever had. That's such a good point. Right? It, it's, yeah. it's different. It's, it's One is furthering a plot device inside of the actual movie, whereas one is adding to the atmosphere and, like, symbolism of the movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which okay. is, like, when we watch Memento, I feel like this will be... It'll be really cool to talk about this movie and Memento after we watch Memento. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Memento, it's, like, the... It's a movie that's taught told like non-linearly, mm-hmm. and it's completely just meant to further like a plot device inside of the movie. Right. Like to like, it's actually really really cool. It's why I love the movie so much. But we'll talk about it next week. But um, so I see. Yeah, like I said, I think at first thought you might be tempted to say yes, but I think that there is, while it is like kind of a specific detail, there is like a differentiation that is made between those two similar yet different ways of telling the right. story, right? Okay. Damn. You so nailed that pretty good, yeah. And I also, like, I think that, that um, Nolan films are very, um, they use, like, it's a, they're very, they're, they're unconventional, but, like, they're not unconventional in the way that this movie is. Totally. There's, there's a story and a plot and a beginning and end. Yep. And, <clears throat> It'll be interesting to watch... Have you seen Tenet? No. I'll watch Tenet at one point. I don't think it is a super weird movie, but I feel like... It's confusing. Have, I heard it's very, it's confusing. very confusing, and I think that is part of a weird movie, so I feel like we can... This movie definitely wasn't confusing too much. It's confusing. It was if this... you didn't really understand. Yeah, yeah. It is confusing, but it's also not... It's confusing that there, because there's no dialogue. Right. Typical story. And it also just confuses you because it doesn't use that lang- yeah. that language of yeah. cinema, right? All the small things that you are, like, 
the the grammar and syntax of filmmaking that you're just are just like written into you you don't have those things to fall back on mm-hmm. which I think is a huge part of a Lynch movie as well yeah. it just doesn't use conventional cinematic language like totally. well, he, he does but he breaks the rules right mm-hmm. do you have any other words on this movie hmm. what do you rate this movie out of 10 Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Would yeah. you say it's one of your? Like, is it in your top ten? Which yeah, what would I'd be, say it is. It's in your top ten. Yeah, just because of what it is, and being a Pink Floyd fan, and seeing this, this album, become a movie, and then become a traveling show, it's like this is the that is the most fulfilling expression of, of right. an idea. Like he covered so many. He's got the music. He's got the visuals. He's got the live show. Yeah. This is a story that a man had that he wanted to tell, and he told it in every way possible. Yeah. Which is that super, is very awesome. Cool. That is really cool. Um, and yeah, I love the movie because uh, it tells it tells a story in a way differently than I've like ever seen before. Totally. And so because of that, yeah, I'd say it's in my top ten, maybe even my top five. Really. Yeah, but it like but I can't watch it every day. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like a. It's like a guilty pleasure or something that like I can't do every day, but like, it, it, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Like I, I'm not. I'm never like. I'm excited to watch the movie when it's like with people that haven't seen it before because I really love to see. Like that's why I wanted to watch it with you. Yeah. You're like you're super into film. You're intellectual. I feel like. <laughs> Co intellectual bros just hanging out. Yes, watching sir. intellectual the intellectual inti- movies. The intellectual podcast. <laughs> so we're just so we're just so much better than everyone else yeah. now that we've seen this movie. Yeah. No, like. But I was like, it was super fulfilling to me also to like hear your thoughts on it because it's something that like, I've like wondered myself about for so long. Right. And to watch it with somebody and get their thoughts on it as well. Yeah. Was super cool to me. It kind of came like full circle. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure that's what momentum's gonna be next week. So the thing, like, that's the thing is like, it's not like a like with. I'm just like really excited to hear what you have to say because it's such a fucking like. It's such just like a fucking sick movie. Is yeah, what I have to yeah, say. Yeah. It's just like a yeah. fucking sick movie. You know, yeah. you just watch it and you're like, that was so fucking cool. Awesome. Okay, good. Have you seen? You haven't seen Dunkirk, have you? No, I haven't seen Dunkirk. Cause I was like, I would say not a, um, a typical story, told by Nolan. Yeah. It was like a straight up start, middle, and end. This is the journey of a soldier. Yeah, true. We we should um. Not next week or whenever we watch Memento, but there, our episode after that should be a movie we both haven't seen again. Okay. I still want to watch Eraserhead with you, though. Oh, yeah, we'll watch Eraserhead. Maybe we'll do Memento, then we'll do a movie we haven't seen yet, and okay. then we'll do Eraserhead. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Any last thoughts? No, I really like that. I'm really, like, I don't think I... I don't know how I would have come upon this movie if you hadn't, yeah. like, shown it to me. Yeah. So I'm really happy that we watched it, and I'm really happy that you showed it to me, and I'm glad that I didn't just, like, watch this by myself. Like, yeah, totally. I'm glad that we watched it together. And I think that, I like, it, like, I know what you're saying about how, like, you would not, like, one, it's just, it's one of those movies, like, how, how you wouldn't watch it every day, because it's one of those movies you have to sit there and think about it and watch it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, it's just so, like, visual and, like, like... The music is so beautiful that you kind of do just sit there and let it wash over you at mm-hmm. some points. Yeah. But it is also just so, like, 
like it's so sad like it's just like the entire it's so gloomy and yeah. like it it's you can just see like the emotion like coming through from from waters in this movie like another reason why i like respect it so much is that i don't know why i'm so drawn to this i could never watch a movie this sad and depressing with a normal with normal you know storytelling yeah tropes yeah but nevertheless i'm drawn like i enjoy i can almost enjoy the story just because of the way it's told right just like the pure artistic yeah. vision of it it's just yeah. so beautiful yeah and like the the picture of him <clears throat> sitting in the chair slumped over with the lamp on and the tv on just like with nothing going through his head is like that's so it becomes so much more interesting and it, it that that in itself is like a painting right because that's just that is just him sitting in his depression in his mental illness right and like watching a movie with dialogue i wouldn't want to watch a movie with dialogue him saying all this shit that'd just right. be silly i don't want to hear this shit right but it's like, also way more like uh uh like meaningful and almost um it yeah, says when, way more than a words ever could right when you see it portrayed with two flowers dancing together it's like that's a much more lasting um, impression of, of that part of the story than, than a two characters sitting, sitting down and arguing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I really like the movie. I don't know. I like really wasn't sure. I was like, when that movie ended, I was like just waiting for you to say something. I, was like, I don't know if like you're going to say you hated it just because it was just so unconventional, but I'm glad you like it because I, I really like it as well. Yeah. Well, I think that we should wrap it up. Let's do it. Good pod, buddy. Good pod, man. Love you, pal. Love you, too. Peace. Peace, everybody.